Hi everyone. Happy Friday. Hope you guys are going to have some great plans this weekend to do something for yourself, to love on yourself and just really give back to yourself after probably a busy week. I know it's been for me. We are actually headed to Tennessee. We're going to go see some exciting uh, things. I don't want to say too much because I want to share more with you guys um, as we share more of our journey of what's going on, but we are going to go see um, our new home. I'll leave it at that. So um, very, very excited and we'll be doing that this weekend and getting just a little bit of R&R um, and just, you know, enjoying um, outdoors and getting to explore a little bit and everything. So I'm just sending you guys all so much love and light and I hope you guys just get to, you know, hopefully get outside, enjoy the fresh air, really um, just rejuvenate yourself and, you know, love on yourself is all I want to really say about that. Um, and then today's guest is another incredible guest. I have Steve Ulsher, who is a fabulous, I mean, like beyond entrepreneur. Um, he gives us so much goodness about his own, you know, processes and how he has handled entrepreneurship, how he looks at it gives a lot of inspiring, you know, information and, and just um, advice, um, as well as some really easy takeaways and action steps that you can do no matter where you are in your entrepreneurial journey. And he is just, I was really inspired by this episode, you guys, I really hope you um, feel the same because yeah, that's all I'll say. <laughs> Make sure you guys listen and get ready to take notes. This one was like definitely one you want to take notes for. So I'm going to give you a heads up um, right now that you might want to have a, a notepad uh, to write some things down. Of course, things will be in the show notes, but overall, you're going to want to write down some gems. Uh, so as always, please screenshot if you love the episode and tag everything with Allie Levine and Allie Levine Design so we can reshare it and share the love. Please make sure you're subscribed. Leave a five-star review. Guys, I'm really working on getting to my goal of 250 reviews. We're almost there. I think we have 175 now. So like as many as possible. I love you all so much for it. It helps so much with the show. Anything you want to write about the show, <laughs> that's love. Um, I would really appreciate it. And as always, feel free to reach out in DMs and say hello or send an email. The email is in the show notes with any kind of feedback or just, you know, sharing the love or any ideas for guests. I'm always open. So uh, with that said, here is Steve and hope you guys enjoy the show. Have a great weekend, everyone. This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I am so excited for today's show, you guys. I have an incredible entrepreneur. I have Steve Olsher, who is a 30-plus year entrepreneur, by the way. He is the founder and editor-in-chief of Podcast Magazine, the original founder of liquorquantum.com, creator of the New Media Summit, 
host of the top-rated podcast, Reinvention Radio, international keynote speaker, and in-demand strategic coach. Guys, he helps businesses of all sizes leverage the power of new media to generate visibility leads and revenue on autopilot. And really, he is like such a force and entrepreneur. And I told him I was so excited to have him on. So Steve, welcome to my show. I appreciate you having me. Yes, thank you for being here. I'm, I'm just honestly, I'm so inspired. I love everything you've done with Podcast Magazine. And as obviously a fellow podcaster, I was just so excited and honored to get to have you on today. Yeah, well, again, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me and I look forward to the convo. Yeah, so let's like dive right in. I mean, you have, like I said, 30 plus year, you know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, that is no small number. And I know as an entrepreneur myself, like, it is not an easy thing to be. It's amazing. There are so many incredible parts of being an entrepreneur, but it's not its not for everyone. It's not easy. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, how you got started in entrepreneurship? I, I want you to share. Yeah. So been an entrepreneur, I mean, really for as long as I can remember from the time that I was old enough to pick up a, a rake and, uh, and and rake leaves and, you know, on the neighbor's lawns or, or maybe do some snow shoveling or, you know, taking care of sidewalks or driveways, like just always really been wired to, I guess, try to rub a couple of dimes together and, and make a quarter for really as long as I can remember. And so ended up getting into music when I was fairly young and um, started DJing in clubs. And that led to my opening my own nightclub uh, when I was 19. So that was that was like my first real entrepreneurial endeavor was uh, was opening up my own club when I was 19 and then got involved in the catalog world and the dot-com world, launched a store on CompuServe's Electronic Mall uh, way back in 1993. So I've been online for almost 30 years and uh, that became liquor.com, like what you drink. And uh, eventually we sold that to Barry Dealers IAC and uh, real estate development, as you, as you mentioned, I've uh, been pretty active in the podcast space for uh, a number of years, live events, coaching, writing, speaking, and uh, and now uh, with Podcast Magazine, and then we've got Club Pod on Clubhouse and, and so on. So, gosh, you know, a lot, lot, of, lot of endeavors over the years. Yeah, so cool. And I also love that you just said, like, it really started with when you could pick up a rake. Like, I think a lot of people don't realize that you really can start that entrepreneurial journey so young if you're really willing to work and put in the effort, which you obviously have been time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's definitely something to be said for maturing and getting older and thinking more about what it means to be an entrepreneur. And I think for, for a lot of us, and certainly for me, for mm, a long time, I was really thinking about being an entrepreneur more along the lines of really just getting myself a job, right? Giving myself something that uh, would pay me as, as opposed to really thinking about being an entrepreneur and being more of an investor uh, insofar as building something that is scalable and sustainable uh, and ultimately saleable. And, and that's just a, a very different mindset. Yes. Well, can you talk a little to that mindset? Because I, I love that you brought that up because I've had several people, you know, reach out to me over the years on social media and on my website, my blog and say, you know, where do you get that from? And how do you, you know, how do you continue to 
work hard. And even when you have failures and I love to hear from other entrepreneurs, especially, you know, yourself, like you're way more, you know, of a, of a um, seasoned entrepreneur, you know, than myself. And I still consider myself, you know, pretty in it. Like, what do you feel like has kept you to continue to want to create that work for yourself and have that mindset? Like, what would you share for those listening? Uh, you know, I, I mean, look, the, at the end of the day, I, I would just simply say that it's really important for folks to, to really understand that there, there's two different type of entrepreneurial opportunities. One is what I would call sort of a commodity-driven opportunity where you're doing something simply because there's a need or a demand for what it is that you're doing. Like, like for an example, um, let, let's say you go to, uh, you go to Starbucks and you, you get your coffee and that coffee obviously comes in, in, in a container. I don't think any kid woke up one day and just said, you know what, when I grow up, I, I really want to create these containers that hold hot liquids, right? Like that just wasn't something that any kid, I don't think ever really aspires to do. Maybe from a biodegradable standpoint, or I don't know, something like that, they got a little bit of inspiration. But the, the bottom line being, there are a lot of companies that just simply provide commodities. And, and that's okay. And, and there's nothing wrong with having a commodity-oriented business. The, the problem for a lot of people, though, is when they do that, they feel unfulfilled. They don't feel like they're, you know, they're really serving humanity in any sort of real way. And they then think they need to have sort of a passion-oriented opportunity or something that's more just, you know, hey, this really puts fire in my soul, something that I really love doing, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I just want people to understand that both opportunities certainly do make sense in the world of entrepreneurism. And I, and I just think we put too much pressure on folks to always pursue something that they love doing. And when in reality, there's no shame at all in doing something that fulfills a commodity oriented opportunity and then using that income, using that revenue, and, and using the extra time that you have, so long as you schedule that for yourself, to do things that you really, really love doing. So I, I would just simply say, you know, be really clear in terms of why it is that you're doing what you're doing. And as long as you're comfortable with what the answer is, then it doesn't really matter. Wow, that was, <laughs> that was quite profound, because I, I think you're right. Like, there are so many who... I mean, even myself, there have been times where I've done certain things and I'm like, this is not actually fulfilling me. There's not this like fire burning in my soul. I don't necessarily feel like maybe I'm I'm helping. And and you're right, there are like two pieces to that puzzle of being an entrepreneur. It's like you can do something that essentially could put a fire in your soul and be so passionate and helping others. And there are other things you could do that maybe you're going to make some great money and it is technically being an entrepreneur, but it maybe isn't going to actually do anything for your soul. Yeah. And, and the point being, that's really okay. You know, from the standpoint of there's, there's, I'm not saying that if you, you, you always want to make sure that you have a reason to wake up in the morning. And I'm certainly not saying that, you know, there aren't going to be people out there who are, who are going to do jobs. Like somebody, somebody's got to take out the garbage. Right. And so that's okay. All, all I'm really saying is I just want to make sure that people kind of take the pressure off of themselves to know that not everything that you do every single moment of every day is going to be like, you know, sunshines and rainbows. There's just going to be th certain things you have to do, especially as an entrepreneur that you just simply have to do as part of the process. Yeah, so true. So for you, I mean, you know, you've built out so many businesses and, you know, you've done so many different things and continue to 
do you feel like now you not only wake up with purpose, but you like do have that fire burning that we're talking about? Like what has your experience been like with that? Yeah, and and it ebbs and it flows. I mean, there there are definitely times where I feel much more like I'm doing something that I like just doing, uh, for example, doing the, the podcast interviews, like for podcast magazine, when I have an opportunity to sit down, I'm just going to drop a slew of names here because I can, but you know, it's like when I sit down with people like Howie Mandel and Jillian Michaels and Adam Carolla and Jocko Will and like people that I admire and people whose shows I love and I listen to, that's pretty cool, you know? And, and those are moments where I'm like, yeah, what I do is, is a lot of fun. And then when I speak on stage or when I'm actually doing things, uh, you know, like coaching and helping people, like there, there are certain elements of what I do that I certainly love doing. But even to this day, there are ebbs and there are flows and there are plenty of days where I'm doing things and I just kind of scratch my head and I go, why am I the one doing this? So the, I'm not going to sit here and say I've got a 100% track record. Uh, every single day, but uh, but I will say that now that I am older and, and more cognizant of what it is that I'm doing uh, with my time, the the whole notion of really, um, as my friend Tiamo Di Vittori calls it, the whole notion and whole uh, the the whole idea of, of scheduling joy first, which means you literally go to your calendar and you schedule all of the things that you really want to be doing and you really love doing. You schedule those things first and you block out that time, whether it's time for yourself or time with your significant other or time with your family, etc. And then if there's time left for anything else, you make it work within those blocks. And so just that in and of itself, in terms of filling your calendar with things that you really love doing, that, that can become uh, really a huge game changer for you. Oh, I love that. And I, and I love too, that like, you know, you mentioned like, you know, even for as successful as of course you've been, like you mentioned, obviously those incredible names, like you had those like, oh my God moments of like these, this is pure inspiration and people like I follow and, and it's uplifting me, but then also uplifting others to get to share and have these interviews. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, just if you think about it in terms of the number of hours in a week, the number of hours that I'm actually doing something like that are, are fairly few and par be, far between when you come right down to it. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, thank you for being honest about that because I think too with social media and everything else, not necessarily Clubhouse, because Clubhouse is pretty, I would say, authentic and, and real and why I really enjoy that space and I love being like in, you know, your pods and listening to the rooms. I think that overall social media is and most people can agree at this point has been a high rate reel and it's not necessarily showing you everything. And so when other people do follow and they're not an entrepreneur yet, or they're following because they're inspired, they think that that what you just described is your life 99% of the time. Whereas you just said, that's actually not true. It's a small part of it. And then there's everything else around it. Yeah. And, and that's exactly right. Is, is that's the, what, what shows up is typically that 1%. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what leads people to b believe that all day long, every day is what their, their life is like. But, but you're right. It's actually the, the exact opposite. That's the 1% that ends up on the, on the post. And that's the 99% that they usually don't show. 
Right, exactly. And, I, and I've had to say that to several people who have reached out to me like, oh my gosh, you know, you styled so-and-so and I saw this amazing look and I'm like, yes, and not to downplay on any of it because it's amazing or yes, you were on this interview or whatever it may be. But again, it's a, it's a small piece of everything else and the blood, sweat and tears that most of us entrepreneurs go through on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and I think it does a bit of a disservice to those who are aspiring to create something that they really, you know, they really love doing because it's like, how can I get there? I mean, like they, they've got it all. They've got all this, especially when you start posing with, you know, cars and you start posing with these fancy houses and this, that, and I'm not saying there aren't people who, you know, there are people of course who are doing really, really well. Don't get me wrong, but I just think it does a huge disservice to those who are just starting out when all they show is the glitz and the glamour and not, and not everybody shows the rest of the story. Exactly. I, I appreciate you saying that because I've said that as well. I'm like, look, even with styling and all the different things that like I've done over the years, even my influencer work, it looks like so much glam, but you're not seeing like the shit show behind me of my kids jumping around and everything happening just because I'm in hair and makeup and I'm creating content. Like you're not seeing the messy picture that's going on in most of my life. Most of the time, you're just seeing the content I created for that moment. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. And so it's nice that you are aware of that and talking about that because uh, again, our goal here really as entrepreneurs who are further down the path is just to say to people, you know, look, it's, it, it can be fun. It can be fulfilling. And we're not trying to discourage anybody from, from doing it. But the, the reality is anybody who says this shit ain't hard. I mean, they're, they're just lying <laughs> to you. Yeah, exactly. They're just lying to you. Right. Yeah. It's just so easy. Yeah, exa yeah. exactly. Right. And nothing worth having comes easy. Like it's like this idea of like, being handed something it's like it really it really doesn't exist i mean even people i've seen in the industry be handed things they end up falling like it never mm -hmm. ends up sticking and staying it's those that work hard and actually climb and do the work like you said you know those are the ones that actually last because they've built their relationships and they've you know you know acquired the experience and continue to put themselves out there and be vulnerable which you know i really like about like you steve like especially in you know the clubhouse and you know with club pod like you're very vulnerable and and real about how you share not only just inspiring and and giving you know great examples and speaking to everything but you're but you're very real about it and i feel like that is something we're starting i think as a collective to start to come more into but it's definitely something that hasn't really been seen that much till recently. Mm -hmm. And and even on Clubhouse, I mean, you, you have a lot of people who are who are on there. And, and don't get me wrong, I love the medium. And I think the, the platform itself has done amazing things for a lot of people. But at the same token, not, not everybody is telling the whole story. So I, I, I just wish that more folks would come on there. And there are, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of folks who are on there and are doing a, a really great job of just being raw and real and authentic. And, and then there are others who are just still putting on airs and, and kind of saying what it is that, um, uh, let's just say they, they think their audience wants to hear. And unfortunately, there's, there's, a, there, you know, there's a lot of folks out there who buy into that hook, line, and sinker, and, uh, and it, does, it just makes everyone else's job a lot more difficult. Yeah, so true. And, and I love that you said that because, you know, I mean, look, I was guilty of that too. When I first was first in the Hollywood industry and was sucked up into the glam, the this, that, and the other thing, you know, I was posting like just fabulousness and just this and just that. And it was funny, like when I became a mom and I went through postpartum depression and I started having all these like, you know, real life issues and struggles. And I started sharing that instead, 
you know, people all of a sudden felt like they could relate to me. And all of a sudden, at first I lost quite a bit of following because people were like, whoa, what is she posting? This is not glam and pretty. But then over time, I started gaining this huge following and momentum and community. And now the community I have around me is like beyond amazing. And I'm like, holy shit, it's because I was real and they find me relatable versus just like this fluff that like, yeah, it was pretty to look at, but there was nothing to like actually be attainable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's, it's an important distinction. And I'm not saying that everything we do is marketing, but you know, look at the end of the day, pretty much everything that we do is, is, is marketing in one way or the other, as long as we open our mouths or post something or, you know, send an email to our list or whatever that might be. And so I, I bring that up because there's two different types of marketing. There is the marketing that is uh, what I would call attraction marketing, where you get people to to raise their hand and say, this is really interesting to me. I want to learn more. I want to be a part of what this conversation is. And then there's also uh, repellent marketing, which not a lot of people engage in. Some people do, and and you'll begin to notice it, and perhaps if this is a new concept to you, now at least you'll be aware of it, and you'll start to see it more and more. But there is also repellent marketing, where the idea of that marketing, whether it's a post or an email or or an advertisement in a magazine, I don't know, whatever it might be, the idea is to get people to, to, to lower their hand and say, yeah, this, this is not for me. I'm not interested in this, right? And so I, I will tell you that very few marketers today engage in both. Most, most simply focus on attraction marketing, and, and that can work really well. But at the same token, it doesn't allow you to be as raw and real as an, as an authentic as you, as you need to be, and, and it'll actually end up uh, moving into a, to a point where you become very guarded about what you share and and you become very, very aware of the fact that you, you don't want to ruffle feathers. And sometimes ruffling feathers is necessary and it's a good thing. Yeah, so true. And, and it also makes you, you know, stand out as you, right? Instead of just following, you know, the quote unquote, you know, herd, group, whatever you want to call it, you're actually individually being you instead of just doing what maybe everybody else feels they should be doing whether it's actually right or wrong. And, you know, to that, Steve, I mean, I think there's also a huge part of social media and just in general, what you're speaking to with marketing of like this, like fake comparison that everyone likes to do. And I would love to hear your perspective on that and how you handle that. If you still as an entrepreneur have any kind of vulnerabilities around that or what you've done to work around that, because even for myself, I've definitely had to like be very mindful and be very aware of when I do compare and, and most of it really is bullshit that I'm comparing to. Oh yeah. Well, the stuff I don't, I mean, look, everything I compare myself to is very much not bullshit because it's real. It's in my face from the standpoint of <laughs> like my, my cousin, my first cousin, second cousin, third cousin runs removed. I don't even know how that, all that stuff works. <laughs> um, but my, uh, my cousin who's younger than me is the CEO of DraftKings. And so if you're familiar with DraftKings, I mean, they're a yeah. you know, huge yeah. organization, $50 sure. billion dollar market cap. I mean, massive. Massive. And, <laughs> yeah, massive. And of course, my, you know, my, my mom and my, basically my, our, both of our grandparents were brothers. That's the best way to put it. So anyway, long story short, like everywhere I go, I see fucking DraftKings, you know? It's like, <laughs> so so uh, that's one of those things where it's like, it's kind of hard to wake up and, and not see something that's DraftKings, especially since I love the UFC and, you know, and, all, and like they're, they're everywhere. So 
can't even watch a basketball game without seeing, you know, that on every single band. Like, the whole stadium is now a DraftKings stadium, you know? So it's like, I can't do anything about that other than kind of scratch my head and go, "Mm, yeah, I, I, I haven't gotten there yet, right? So... So it, I don't think that ever goes away. I mean, I think as entrepreneurs, certainly the way, unless you're an elite athlete and you and you get to the top of the game, I mean, look at Michael Phelps, right? I mean, you get to that point and okay, it's fine. It's kind of hard for you to, to look around and go, well, there's, there's anyone who has been better than me in this sport or a Michael Jordan or whoever. But that's why we talk about those people because there's very, very few of them. And so when you're in athletics and you get to that point, it's kind of hard to, to compare yourself to others if you're Wayne Gretzky or, or Tom Brady or et cetera. But there's only a Tiger Woods, but you know, there's only so many of those people. In the world of business, typically, especially when you're an entrepreneur, our scorecard is market cap. Our scorecard are dollars in the bank. And our scorecard are number of people, you know, the number of people that we impact, et cetera, whatever that scorecard is for you. And there's always farther down the path you can go. And I think any good entrepreneur, and frankly, any human being, I actually um, created something, and I'm going to be releasing a book on this called Achieving Quintessence, um, which is another conversation perhaps we can have either today or another day. Um, But number five on, on the list of Achieving Quintessence is really about every day challenging yourself in in some real way either on a personal level or professional level if not both wow that's really cool well tell us a little bit so you're writing this book now or it's it's or it's coming out so i have the framework for it um and basically long story short if you're familiar with um the term quintessence i don't know if you're familiar with it or not. I know, but I know the, a little bit, but I'm like, tell, tell me and my audience more. <laughs> so so uh, I love Merriam-Webster's uh, definition. I mean, there's a couple of different definitions of what it means um, in terms of quintessence, but uh, this one's going to be a little bit uh, cerebral and the next one's going to be a little more obvious. So the fifth and highest element in ancient and medieval philosophy that permeates all nature and is the substance composing the celestial bodies. Okay. That's like, okay, what the hell does that mean? So <laughs> definition number two is the essence of a thing in its purest and most concentrated form. And so what that means to me is we spend most of our lives taking on the whims, taking on the agendas of of others, and really trying to live in a manner that is commensurate with how others really want us to live. And to me, as, as someone who's been involved in the world of reinvention, and reinvention radio is the name of our podcast, and, and always really loving this, just that whole notion of how you can reinvent your, your, your entire world literally on a dime. You can change everything in your world today if that's what you choose to do. To me, reinvention is really not at all about changing anything about who you are. It's really about getting back to the core and, and really the essence of who, were, of who you were born to be and who you already are, right? It's kind of shedding the shackles of those whims and agendas and expectations of others. Yeah. And just getting back to the core and the essence of, of who you truly are. Wow. And so... And so for me, achieving quintessence is really all about um, a very, it's it's really a very simple framework that I've put together over the last mm, almost eight years now in in terms of trying to figure out how do we get back to the core and the essence of who we really are so that we can live in the most fulfilling manner possible. Because I, I bottomed out like really bad in November of 2013, you know, ready to throw in the towel the whole nine. 
obviously I, I made it through, you know, love of the family and, and little white pills and, and tranks and the whole nine. But here I am today, obviously. And for the last however many years, I've been trying to put together a fairly simple framework to help others avoid a similar fate. And so achieving quintessence to me really just boils down to five core things. And you can stop me at any time, but I'll, I'll share these with you. Well, I, I, I'm fascinated. Go ahead. Okay. So I'll share these with you because I, my, my hope is that if someone's feeling a bit down, if they're, if they're feeling like, you know, just life isn't exactly where they want it to be or need it to be, then, then maybe this message is exactly what they need to hear in this moment. And, uh, and that's really my goal with this is even if it just helps, you know, one person may, perhaps it'll save one person from, from getting to the depths of despair that, that I found myself in, uh, so many years ago. And so what, what I look at this as just, just so that you're clear, Ali, as, as I really look at this as a litmus test, almost like a, almost like a checklist or a check-in because at the end of the day, and I, and I don't mean that in the, in the metaphoric sense. I mean, literally at the end of today, before you go to bed, if you're not feeling a hundred percent, like you're just, you kind of got that negative self-talk going, you got the dialogue going that just doesn't really uplift you. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. You can go to this as, as a checklist, so to speak. And if you think about, um, uh, let's just say, if you think about a, a table that for whatever reason has has um, five legs or five pillars that's holding it up. If you get rid of one of those legs, then it can probably still stand up, but if you put enough weight on it, it might topple. But if you, if you knock out two of those legs, then, then of course, you know, that, that whole table is, is going to fall, right? And so when, when you get to the end of the day, you can ask yourself these, these five questions. And so if any of these questions are answered with a no, then that's going to be a pretty good indicator that this is what you need to focus on tomorrow so that you can get out of that state of, of doldrum, so to speak. And it'll really help you get more clear and more focused. So here's number one. So number one is, is really about the internal piece. And it's, it's really about doing something that you love. And again, this is really on a daily basis. So this is like a daily check-in. It's almost as if you had a diet or you had an exercise routine or a life routine or whatever it is. These are just things that you would do on a daily basis. So every single day, doing something that you love doing. You can think about it in terms of perhaps being selfish. And it's okay to be selfish. Like if we don't think of the self, we don't survive. So it's perfectly okay to be selfish. So Figure out, you can call it your passion, you can call it your purpose, you can call it your hobby, you can call it whatever it is, but something that really puts fire in your soul. And for some people, it might be, you know, building model trains. For other people, it might be, you know, working out. For other people, I, I don't know, whatever those things are that, that really put fire in your soul. Maybe you love writing, maybe you love knitting, what, what, whatever those things are. I, I, I personally do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I've been doing Jiu-Jitsu for over 20 years. So for me, that's something I really love doing, and it puts fire in my soul. It actually checks two things off the box, but I'll get to that here in a second. So number one in the framework of achieving quintessence is doing something that you love. Again, you can think about this in terms of the internal piece. You are naturally wired to excel in very specific ways, right, Ali? I mean, your, your DNA is wired very differently from mine and different from the 8 billion people, whatever the number is now, that walk this planet. Absolutely. So, 
you are wired to, to excel in very specific and unique ways. So every single day, it's important to engage in something that you love doing. Well, okay, great. That's, that's fairly obvious. Number two is all about the external piece. It's about doing things that are selfless. So if number one is about the internal piece and being selfish, then number two is really about the external piece and being more selfless. In other words, doing something for others. Not because you're asked to, but legitimately because you want to, where, you, where you're given the choice of, if I do this, I am going to have to not do something for myself in that moment, right? I mean, it's literally giving... Like for your child, you said you have a child, you said you have a toddler. What, how old? I, yeah, I have two girls. So I have my toddler's three and then I have my baby's one. <laughs> yeah. So if you're, so if your three-year-old wants to play with dolls and, and, and you, you know, you want to work out or whatever it is, that's a moment of doing something for others, right? It doesn't mean you got to go out and volunteer in the world or help, you know, someone cross the street or something like that. All that stuff is, is nice, but sometimes it can happen literally right there under your own roof. Right. So doing something for others, which as a mother is something that you do. But the question is, are you doing it because you really want to do it and because you have no expectation of reciprocation? Or are you doing it because you feel like, you know, it's kind of a tit for tat sort of thing? Right. And obviously you want it to be the former as opposed to the latter. So doing something for others every single day. Right. It's the external piece. Right. Selfless. Number three and in, in, this is the Achieving Quintessence framework for those who are just tuning in, okay? Uh, what we're talking about here <laughs> is having an aligned environment. And this is really important. What I mean by an aligned environment is that you have to be really cognizant of where you physically live and your, your physical environment and also who you surround yourself with in that environment. So let me give you an example. So for me, when I bottomed out in November of 2013, we were living in Chicago and I grew up in the Chicago area and my family's there. And that's where I met my wife and, and we got married in 1997 and we were there for you know, a number of years. But I, I just knew that I, I, the cold never got a lot like it just I've never been a person to, to love the cold ever. And when I bottomed out in November of 2013, it became very clear after they ran some tests and whatnot that I am genetically predisposed to having really low uh, neurotransmitter levels. Like my oxytocins and dopamines and serotonin, et cetera, et cetera, are just, I'm genetically predisposed to having really low numbers. And so the seasonal affective disorder with the cold and the gray really hit me super, super hard six months out of the year because from October through March in, in the Chicago area, you know, it's really cold and it's really gray. And so for me, it wasn't just a matter of, okay, it's cold and gray and this sucks, but like literally I could do nothing about it. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a physical and emotional and physiological response to it because of how I'm naturally wired through my DNA. So we ended up moving to San Diego. We had to get to me, get me to a place that had more sunshine, more vitamin D, more outdoors, et cetera. So that's an example of where your, your environment is misaligned, right? Because... I, I just physically, it was not the right place for me to live. And, and that can also involve, of course, the who in terms of who you surround yourself with, you know, people that may not be the best for you. And sometimes that's friends. Sometimes it's, it's family. Sometimes it's your significant other. I mean, these, these things happen. So really looking at, at your environment and making sure that it's aligned. Any questions so far on one, two or three? 
No, I, can I just tell you, I, I'm getting chills and I, I love this because I knew I was drawn to your energy for a reason and whatever, mm. I'm going to sound a little woo-woo, but this resonates so hard for me because I have been speaking about so much of just the resonance of our souls coming home to ourselves, really being awake and aware of it. So I, I'm just loving this. So keep going. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, no, I appreciate this. And and uh, you'll be happy to know that this is actually the first time anywhere ever that uh, that I've shared this as the uh, as the achieving it's a tongue twister too as, as the achieving quintessence <laughs> framework. So oh, I've never actually shared this. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm happy to do it. Uh, num number four is fairly obvious here, which is all about physical activity, right? And so every single day, you need to to move, right? And maybe it's a walk. Obviously, if you can get a little more vigorous and you can get the sweat going even better. And that's what I was talking about with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because for me, it's also something that I love doing, but it also fulfills number four, which is having that physical activity because it, it is really important to, to sweat, right? It's really important to move the body. It's really important to get, you know, all of the, all of your neurotransmitters firing and, and to really elevate your, you know, your serotonins and your dopamines and your oxytocins, et cetera. And all of that happens, of course, through physical activity. And I, I don't want to downplay the importance of that because especially if you look at those who, who go a period of time without exercising, it, it affects your emotional state without, without a shadow of a doubt. And then, Number five, as we talked about uh, briefly be before we started going down this, this framework one through five, is the whole notion of really challenging yourself. I think as human beings, we need a challenge. We need to be challenged. And whether that's on the personal front where, you know, maybe you're, you're trying to break a, a five-minute mile or you want to run, uh, you know, a triathlon. I don't know why people do that, but, you know, some people love all that stuff. <laughs> You know, or or on a professional level, in terms of I want to like for me personally, I've got a, a big real estate play, so to speak, that I've been kicking around for the last couple of years, and I haven't done anything with it. Even though I developed over fifty million dollars in real estate over the years and whatnot, I've got this whole big thing here that that I know is a unicorn, which means a billion dollar plus opportunity, and yet I've been sitting there just kind of sitting with it, and, and so not taking on the challenge of doing that is is impacting me on a daily basis. And I know that it is because I need to be challenged on, on a professional basis every single day, as well as on a personal basis. So what we want to do is at the end of the day, we want to check in with ourselves and ask yourself today, did I do something that I love doing, something that really puts fire in my soul? Number two, did I do something for others? in a selfless way where it wasn't about, you know, any sort of expectation of reciprocation or tit for tat. It was just something I wanted to do simply because I wanted to do it, period, end story. Number three, how was my environment? Was I in a place where I love being? Was I surrounded by people that I love being surrounded by? Number four, did I engage in any sort of physical activity today? And number five, how was I challenged either personally or professionally? And, and I will just tell you that this is the framework that I created, again, over the last eight years and in, in sort of as simple of terms as, as possible here as a way to really check in with myself because I know that this was a feeling that I never wanted to have again. And I also wanted to make sure that there was something simple that others could work with to really help them avoid, again, those, those same sort of doldrums and that, and that depth of despair 
that I found myself in uh, way back when. Wow, so powerful. I, I feel so honored that you shared that here. And, and I, I agree with you. I think so many, when you actually get this out there, will really resonate with it. And I have to say too, Steve, like I think it's such divine timing as well, because I do believe the collective and where we're going with everything is we are becoming way more mindful and we are becoming more aware of self and coming home to ourselves. And like you said, from where we started, but really kind of the programs and conditioning and noise and everything around us took away from us. And we're starting to become more and more aware of that and, and take that back and say, okay, maybe I can change something and maybe I can do this. And I, and I love how you're setting it up in just such a format and structure to be able to digest piece by piece and, and make it, you know, attainable for every single individual who will read this. Yeah. Yeah. And so thank you for playing with me and anything that comes up for you in terms of clarity or in terms of just the, the framework in and of itself from a, from a feedback perspective, obviously this is landing on you for the first time and I'm sure it would help your audience to, to hear how you're processing this. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's awesome. I just love the, the real self-awareness of it and the mindfulness because like what you spoke about is like, you know, asking yourself those questions and, you know, for a long time, myself included, like, you know, most of us have been on a pretty strong autopilot where we just kind of just did, 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 and didn't really think much about maybe what it was doing to us, what we were surrounding ourselves with, what we were listening to. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and the world obviously really, you know, went to a pause. And I know for me, especially because I was pregnant with my second daughter, I became very aware very quickly that I had to really like go within myself to make sure that I was in a very peaceful place most of the time to not only feel okay and safe, you know, pregnant, but also like to create, for, you know, that environment for her inside of me and to feel like that I was going to still have a decently peaceful birth during a crazy time. And, and thank God I did. But I think that I also tapped into a lot of those questions of like, you know, what was it today that you did? What changed? You know, what, what was the mindfulness component? And those were not things, honestly, I was doing very often. And I think it's, started for me when I went through my postpartum depression, because after I came out of that, I went through a lot of different therapies and cognitive therapy and all kinds of different, you know, mindful training that taught me to really be aware of so much. But then I think fast forward to then the pandemic, I was reminded of those tools. And now you speaking to all this reminds me even further how important this really is for myself, as well as every single one of us and everyone that's listening, that this is something that like really isn't that hard to do that we actually need to make time to do all the time. Yeah. And, and again, I think that's the most important piece of this whole conversation is it doesn't take that much time to do. And just, I mean, literally in, in probably an hour a day, you could, you could check all of those things off of your list, maybe, maybe less, maybe a little bit more, but what are you doing with the other 23 hours, I guess is the question then. Right. That's right. Yeah. Well, so for you, right, you've created this as, you know, obviously, you know, your structure, this is something that you obviously very much live by and, and have seen a difference in your life. Like, what would you say to those that are listening? They're like, well, I don't have, you know, that kind of time, or I don't know if I could do all those check-ins. Like, 
how did it start for you? And, and now where you are now with obviously now having this, you know, book almost be ready to be out where you can truly speak to it and the structure of it. Like, what do you feel like it has done, you know, for you? And how do you feel like you continuously check in with yourself? It's a loaded question, but I would love for you to kind of walk us through from like where it started to kind of where you are now with it. Yeah. So again, it started with, uh, with just complete unawareness, right? And ultimately right. awareness is about turning the light switch on. Once the light switch is on, for most of us, it's it's simply a matter of uh, do we do we consciously want to turn it off or are we going to keep it on? And for most of us, it's impossible to turn it off yeah. once that light switch is on. So really, it was it was about understanding that life isn't all that complicated, and and I think that we've gotten to the point where we really are trying to do so much for so many that we we kind of lose ourselves in that process. And so the the idea here was let's let's really boil it down because I, because I knew for example that if you just simply fac- focused on your uh, on your passion, you know, or your purpose or as I call it your what. I mean, I wrote the book what is your what for God's sake, right? So <laughs> If, if you're just simply focusing on that on a daily basis, you can get so consumed in doing what it is that puts fire in your soul that you you forget about the other pieces of the puzzle, right? And so it, it's it is a it's a work in progress. As a matter of fact, uh, in full disclosure here, I actually just added that fifth piece about two weeks ago or so because oh, wow. it, it occurred to me that. Those four pieces in terms of being selfish, selfless, uh, of course, being aware of your environment and then, uh, you know, making sure uh, that uh, you're, you're challenging yourself or you're, you're doing something physical on a, on a daily basis is, you know, is super important. But then it occurred to me that uh, human beings strive for more. I mean, we, we, we get caught up in the conversation around needing certainty. And Tony Robbins talks about the need for certainty quite a bit as one of those core elements of, of what we need as, as human beings. Just the certainty that the the lights are gonna stay on, the certainty that we're gonna eat, the certainty that we're gonna be loved, like all of these things around certainty. And, and yes, that makes sense. But there is, there there it's, it's the curse of certainty. It's the curse of complacency that I think ultimately hurts many, many of us because we get so caught up in just being comfortable and just understanding that, okay, this is how our life is without really understanding that to get to that point, you challenged yourself to get there and you end up in that, in that state of complacency. And, and, and it, is, it is a curse of complacency that I think plagues so many of us. And so moving beyond that curse of complacency really then requires you to be challenged to set up sort of that next plateau of complacency, so to speak. Right. That's so true. So I love that you then recently added to it because you're like, oh, wait, there's a piece that's missing to this puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just, uh, and, and the more that I thought about it, the more I realized we, we just need to keep growing and evolving and, and moving ourselves forward because again as soon as that curse of complacency kicks in then then that emotional state gets affected that's right it's it's so true and you know when you said about that about evolving you know i had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day and she was like you know how do you feel like you continuously allow yourself 
to evolve and, and not get stuck. And I said, well, you know, this is not like something that just happens. Like I am very aware as like you spoke about and being so awake and, you know, choosing to not turn that light switch off and, and showing up for myself and saying like, no, I'm not going to let myself just stop here. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep looking at my own shadows. I'm going to keep working through and continuing to do the work. And I think, you know, what you're speaking to with all this quintessence, what's really resonating for me is like, not only the mindfulness piece, but also the piece of like showing up for yourself and realizing, like you said, it's not selfish. It's actually like so needed and, and, and so important. And we've been taught for so long, in my opinion, that that's, that, that, that really wasn't true. And now like so many of us are starting to realize like, but wait, that, that's, that's everything. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just hoping that this, you know, again, if this just lands for one person, then mission accomplished. That's right. Exactly. Just one person, which I'm sure be more than one person, but you're right. It's like, if you, one person can understand that and, and, and resonate with it and, and, you know, awaken to that and, and change it in their life. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's, that's massive, you know? And I mean, I just, I love that you shared this gold with us. Thank you so much for, you know, choosing to share this since you haven't shared it anywhere else yet. Yeah. You're welcome. It's so cool. Well, I mean, I could honestly talk to you forever, Steve, but I know we both have, you know, entrepreneurs have a lot uh, going on. Um, before I let you go, um, is there anything else you'd want to share about, you know, podcast magazine, anything, um, you know, events coming up besides, of course, your amazing book that's coming. When is the book coming out, by the way? I don't know. I'm going to shop this thing around and I'm going to see, uh, see where it can land. Obviously, uh, in today's day and age, you know, as, as somebody who has a bit of a platform, I think there's an opportunity for me to, to get some folks interested in it. And, uh, so I'm going to shop it around and, uh, and we'll see, but, uh, what I'd love to do of course is look back on this as, uh, as sort of that springboard moment. And, uh, and I can't wait to share this with others as well. That's amazing. Well, I love it. So so cool. Tell us where we can, you know, find you and follow you. Of course, check out everything, you know, with, you know, podcast magazine and we're yeah. on clubhouse, all, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd say start there with podcast magazine. If you go to podcastmagazine.com forward slash free. So podcastmagazine.com forward slash free. It's a private backdoor link to grab a free lifetime subscription. And um, yeah, I'd love to Love to hear from you guys, hear what you think of the magazine. And, uh, and of course, you're, you're here listening to a podcast, so I know you love podcasts. So <laughs> glad, glad to be in community with you. Yes, exactly. I, I mean, I love the podcast community. I honestly think it's massively the way of the future, having these incredible, empowering, real and raw conversations that you just can't get you know, a full throttle on other, you know, mediums and social platforms. And I just thank you so much for sharing, you know, your voice and so much about your entrepreneurship and your journey. You know, I think anyone listening really will be able to take any piece away from this and feel inspired and empowered. And guys, I mean, there's so much takeaway, but for me, if there's anything you're really getting out of this, it's that true mindfulness of what Steve spoke to and realizing how important that is for you. So Steve, thank you so much. And guys, cheers till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired. 